here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, everybody. Welcome back again to the Dharmic Evolution. So glad you're here today. Um, if you have not yet done so, go over to thedharmicevolution.com and sign up on your favorite platform so we can send the show to you every single Friday morning at 4.44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I also want to let you know about our wonderful Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist. Go over there and check out this playlist. It's really unbelievable, the talent that's on there. It's um, You can go to James Kevin O'Connor or Dharmic Evolution. Type in either of those on the Spotify player, and it'll take you right to the Dharmic Rising Stars playlist. Or it's even simpler if you pick it up on uh, the show notes. It's in all the show notes now, so you can just click on there. Today, we've got a really unbelievable guy. This, this guy's he's like a throwback to the days of yesteryear. This young man is a tribute to the best rock music you've ever heard in your life. And if you like Jim Morrison or Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix or any of the classic rock icons of years gone by, this man has reworked the whole sound and made it even better. So we're going to go to North Carolina and uh, check out this gentleman who is just, he's a He's a musician, he's a producer, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's an actor for a couple of decades now. And he's just, anywhere the action is, this man seems to be. So you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City in Nashville, Tennessee, all the way up to North Carolina to visit with Jason D'Amico. Jason, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution, man. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you got you're a man of so many talents, and um, there's so many things we could discuss here. And um, I want to start with the music because that's the the backbone of uh, I feel I, I get the sense of um, of what your whole brand is and what you you know eat, sleep, think, and breathe. And uh, it's so good to hear the kind of music you're creating. Um, it's just from a long tradition of stripped down to the bare bones of just get to the music, man. <laughs> and uh, I don't hear any synthesizers or loops or anything. It's totally organic and totally 1969 to 73 or 74. You could have been a smash at Woodstock, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. A lot of, a lot of influences yeah. from that era, so for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing a ton of... Uh, you know, the Stevie, uh, terrific blues, Thank and you. the tones you're getting are just fabulous um, on your guitar work. Really, really great. And uh, and I, I had that image when I was listening earlier today of, um, you know, the original Woodstock of just those kind of sounds were happening back then. It was just pure adrenal energy. And, you know, it was stripped down to an art form that was in its most pure and basic form. It was, you know, still so early in the game. And there was just a slew of, because I, I remember I was a little kid when Zeppelin One came out oh. and it was one of my first records. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like glued to Zeppelin. Like, you know, I bought all their albums, right. you know, obviously. 
But it was that formula of we just needed a bass, guitar, and drums. And there were so many bands. It was one after the other came out. And, you know, Grand Funk Railroad and all of these acts were coming out at the same time, you know, and it was just crazy. Um, So to hear, you know, somebody like your age that's been doing this kind of sound, it's so refreshing, man. And it's just, just great to hear, man. Just awesome. Thanks. Yeah, so how did it uh how did the influences um start for you? Like did somebody in your family like influence you? Um that did you got this got your ear, this kind of sound you decided to create? Well, um well it's funny that you bring up Grand Funk Railroad because uh honestly that was really how it started was the Mark Farner influence. And uh, I'll I'll say this up front as well. I had the blessing of getting to meet Mark uh around about a year ago, uh, November of 2019, out in the, the western part of North Carolina. And that was a big, big, big bucket list item for me because I just remember growing up uh, listening to – I actually knew Mark's solo music before Grand Funk, and that was that was kind of how I was uh, raised music-wise. It was a little bit of the, the faith-based Christian rock community uh and then also obviously the secular music so a lot of beatles a lot of a lot of mark farner a lot of grand funks a lot of those rootsy uh sounds and uh very guitar driven music so that was kind of uh the yeah i mean that was the beginning stage for me was just (laughs) just trying to be mark farner at two three four years old uh with the little plastic guitar and we, we took, I think my dad had a rope and he like tied it to the guitar and we, I used to use the couch as my amplifier. So now you know, it's, it's nice having Marshall stacks. Now it's, it's a visionary yeah. thing. You know, you, I know you've got the spiritual sense about you as well. So it's, it's very strange how this stuff kind of happens, you know, in the toddler years. And if you have, you're blessed to have great parents like I have and, um, you know, be business oriented and, 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 have pushed me over the years to, to, to follow my dreams and my vision quest, you know? So I'm just grateful, just grateful. And that, that's yeah, kind of how that's, it started. You know, That's awesome. Let's give everybody a little slice here. This is called green eyed blonde. Here we go. Listening lips 
green-eyed blonde, man. I hear the Stevie Ray in there and uh, surprise ending. I love the way you cut that off. <laughs> it's very, very cool. <laughs> couldn't tell, couldn't hey, tell, tell you me. why I did it. It was, you know, however many years, five works. or six years ago. So, but uh, yeah. it works. It was, it was great, excellent. So, are you? Um, is this a band effort? Are you playing all the instruments? Because I know, I know you're pretty, uh, you're pretty nimble, and you can you can get around comfortably on pretty much anything. Yeah, uh, that I mean, that cut right there. Uh, yeah, so I'm playing everything on that, and, and mixing, and engineering, producing. Wow. Um, as as has been the case, I want to say on ninety nine percent of what I put out uh, up until this point, and we'll we'll get into that later with some of the newer material. But, um, I mean the the reasoning behind it, I I'll just tell you the story so the audience has context. Uh, when I was fifteen, not to go into too much detail, we were in I, I was in a high school band. We won a battle of the bands or got second place. Something we we placed. And we want some recording time. And I remember uh, showing up to the studio, uh, and it was it was a nice studio, you know. It was it was a good prize, uh, like ten or twenty hours of free recording time, and and uh, nobody showed up, uh, which was always very surprising to me. And and it, it's there was no, I don't remember really any internal. Uh, problems with the bandmates at the time. Obviously, you know, it's a high school band. Like things break up. It didn't really go anywhere beyond that. But that just never made sense to me. And I, at the end of the day, I just said to myself, "I'm never going to allow this to happen again." And uh, I was dabbling multi instruments at the time. That was really what kind of um, uh, gaslighted my own self trajectory to really learn the recording process and, and just be self-reliant. And, uh, you know, looking back over a decade later, it's just, it, it was probably the best thing that ever could happen to me. Cause it, it just fueled the creativity and, uh, added to my life, my quality of life, you know, and I found out that I'm as much as I'm an artist, I'm a producer. Uh, as much as I'm a songwriter, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a mixing engineer and love uh, creating the sounds and the, the landscape, and I'm pretty obsessed with it. So. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you hit it on the head when you said we have kind of a uh, kind of uh, aligned paradigms, you know, because I, I feel the same way. It's like, you know, when you're when you're an artist, your art is very, very precious to you and to count on people that don't show up. Yeah metaphorically you know it's like they didn't really show up and and you know i've had i've had good luck with uh, some of the artists i've worked with or um people who play here in nashville but in my past i went through a lot of what you went through which is you know i'm not going to leave the control of this project to someone who's not really capable of bringing it home you know yeah and so so i feel i feel you on that you know save it's, a lot of money uh, too it's a which is nice. Yeah, you, know? you do. That's for not, sure. Not to not to and, to make it sound like a scarcity mindset, but at the time, uh, it just it just seemed like multiple win wins, you know. And that was yeah. that was what propelled me to do it. I really didn't see any uh, problem in not pursuing it. it. It seemed like a problem if I didn't pursue it. So yeah. yeah. And every every project you do, um, you know, it's it's just another rung on the ladder yeah 
you know, you couldn't get to the work that you're doing now without the preceding work. And, you know, that for me, that goes all the way back to basement tapes of the reel-to-reel yeah. recorder and, and just plugging straight in yeah. you know, with whatever amp you had at the time. Make you it know, work. Cheap microphone. Make it but, work. But it's just like, I remember, I remember gluing, you know, two or three tape recorders together <laughs> and uh, daisy-chaining them. And that's how I did multi-track, wow. you know. It's because it's like, we didn't have it back then, you know. Wow. And, um, and, you know, not in the way that, that it is today. It's unbelievable what you can do today, yeah. you know. Um, and it, there's, there, it's kind of the, the curse and the blessing because a lot of musicians um, don't really, um, you know, practice their craft anymore. They're, they're too involved with computers. And, you know, it's one way to make music, but I, I feel that, um, you know, the ones who are really learning their craft and studying their instrument and practicing... Um, are few and far between, but I, the ones who are doing it are really, really awesome. You know, the ones who are dedicated and really play, you know, so that's nice to see some of these younger ones coming up mm -hmm. that are doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to get into talking about uh, a little bit about the story that happened to you when you were very young. You had an eye injury yeah, and you had this almost... Um, you know, this really incredible experience where uh, you just, it was very zen-like and you became aware of music on such a cerebral level that, um, why don't you describe to the people like what happened to you? Well, it's it's interesting that you bring this up because um, it's it comes up in conversation. This may be one of the first, um, from a press standpoint or publicity standpoint where I'm actually talking about it. So it's, 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 uh, I, I'm grateful for the experience to talk about it. Um, and I'm just having like revelation full circles. It's in the, in the moment. It's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I, so at 14, I was at my friend's house. We had a sleepover, get together, whatever, you know, guys thing, whatever. And, um, typical middle school horsing around having a good time and we uh a couple of my friends wanted to go fishing they have a pond in their backyard and uh i was like playing guitar here or whatever and really wasn't i i, I didn't want to be a i didn't want to be that guy i didn't want to be the loner but i was i was busy jamming out to stevie ray and, and other things on the game but i was like eh, let me go outside and uh hang out with them for a little bit and yeah um wasn't really much into fishing was having a good time though and uh, we were using my friend's dad's equipment and um i cast out with the line and it got stuck on a limb like a piece of driftwood out in the pond probably 50 60 feet out from the bank of the pond where we were standing and was just tugging on the thing and my friend's like hey man like you know you can cut my dad's line if you want and I just, you know, being 14, I didn't want to, didn't want to rock the boat and, you know, don't worry about it. And me having the personality, the disposition of, you know, like I'm going to freaking make, you know, we're going to get this thing on stock, you know, that's an ass today. So, uh, definitely came back literally to, uh, you know, bite me in the sense of, I mean, it, it, I went black, I blacked out. Next thing I know, I'm on the ground, and what I when I came to, I realized that it the lure snapped back at 
in, in, in such an extensive force. I, I passed out and um, my right eye was completely uh, full of blood and I couldn't see out of it. And uh, that kind of was. And, the, you know, the weird thing, James, is like when I think back on it, the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, my God, is this going to affect my sight reading? That was literally, yeah. it's like, even though it was my vision, the first thing that affected me and the first thing I thought in my head was, you know, God, like, don't take my sight because I've got to be able to read music. <laughs> it's just, it's really weird, yeah. you know, when you, you think about that. So, um, was rushed to the hospital, rushed to the ER. And, the, and long story short, it was about six months of um, daily visits or uh, three to four times a week checkups. Uh, I had trauma. I had a traumatic cataract uh, surgery replacement. I do have a lens in my eye that's only monofocal, so I, I actually can't really focus well with it. So permanently damaged. Um, thank God I have one of the best surgeons in the world at at Duke uh, Medicine here in North Carolina. Shout out to Dr. Carlson, who's also a guitar player, really great guy. Uh, so you know. That's a story. So it, how that plays into, not to be long-winded about it, uh, I just noticed that after or during that time, even like pre-surgery, all I could do was, they told me, you can't lift anything above five pounds for six months. You have to sleep upright, uh, yada, yada, yada. So all I had. And okay, I want to I yeah, sure, pause you just for a second. And I want to circle back to, what happened after that? But first, I want to share. Uh, hold me a little closer here.
Right, nice, nice song. Yeah, great solo, by the Thanks. way, man. Really awesome. Yeah, it, that was screaming. Um, so let's get back to um, you know finishing your story sure. about the injury, and subsequent, you know, after the, this injury happened, you had this um, unbelievable experience musically, where something happened to you. Could you just describe that? Yeah, for yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I just remember, you know, convalescing and getting better. It was a slow process. Uh, all I had was really music at the time. I, they, they said, I can't read. If I'm going to watch TV, the TV's got to be at least 15 feet away, you know, to, to reduce as much uh, st- uh, stimulus to the, to the eye. So um, big, big Stuart Copeland fan at the time and still am a huge police fan. And I just remember, you know, always listening to police records or Van Halen records or Deep Purple, you know, whatever. And always listening to the drums, always, always, always listening to the drums because that's my main instrument. I was trained on it, the whole thing. Um, but one morning or afternoon, I just remember I, and I it's really hard for me to describe. The only way I can describe it is, is that I was listening to a police record, Regatta the Block, something like that. And I, it, it just, out of nowhere, within 10 to 20 seconds, I understood every... The only way I can describe it is I understood everything that was going on in the, in the, the context of soundscape, both from a, 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 um, a structural standpoint in sound and also melodic theory. And about a year after that, or yeah, about a year after that, when I was in freshman year in high school, starting sophomore year, whatever, I, I just remember going to jazz camps and at, at colleges. And there was one at UNCW down here in North Carolina. And I'm, I'm in college level theory courses as a drummer. So all this melodic knowledge, uh, it just literally downloaded into me somehow supernaturally in about 10 or 20 seconds. And guitar was a, I, I'm not going to say it was a breeze to learn because it definitely wasn't, but somehow I just understood chordal knowledge, relationships between pitch. Um, I, I have basically perfect pitch. I don't know if it came from that, but I just realized after that, so something happened, and uh, it was phenomenal. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was it was it was unbelievable. So it's like uh, you suffered, you know, a, a really strange, um, unusual injury. I mean, that was kind of a freak accident. It for really that to freaky, happen, you know, and, really and, freaky, and hit your eye from fifty to sixty feet away. I yeah. mean, it was, and so it's almost like, uh, <clears throat> you know, in. Uh, your compensation, it's like the Lord granted you superpowers. You know, it's per, like, perhaps, um, you, you know, know I, I, I don't know. I, I still, he and I definitely battle it out daily and have her. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's still got, he's always gonna have the upper hand on me. So that's, you know, that's for yeah. sure. But I'm, I, again, I'm just grateful. You know, I'm grateful. And if I can just take a second to try and encourage anybody out there who's been through any type of physical trauma, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, 
and sometimes it, it could be your greatest asset later on. It, it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God you came through that thing with, um, you know, you, you got your eye and I know it's compromised, but, uh, you didn't lose your yeah. eye and, uh, Very grateful. and, and you're, you're, you're a much stronger musician, I'm sure for, for all that, that you went through and, and all you, you gained from that, you know, yeah. that, uh, negative experience, really amazing story. Um, now you're also a you're an actor, so you're the man with many hats. So you're into production, you're producer, you're, you know, it's the multi hyphenated Jason D'Amico. I mean, it's just like man, we could go on and come around, take the whole page, you know. Right, right. <laughs> um, so how did you get into the acting scene? Uh, is it something that you, you've had a passion for? Just because you've got the entertainment in the blood, you've got the entertaining genes going on there. So. Um, when did that piece come into your lexicon of thinking to say, I think I need to add this to the Yeah, I mean, funny wheelhouse. enough, it actually, it actually came before music because I was, um, I mean, the simple answer is, and I wish I had a more philosophical one for you, but it was when I was 18 months old, I got hired as a baby for a calendar. So, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. As a as a baby model, so it just kind of started from there, and uh, you know, did a couple of pageants, whatever. You know, my parents, again, they're they're just great parents. Uh, were willing to throw me pretty much in any situation uh, to to see what what would stick. Uh, They did it with sports. They did it with the arts. They did it with pretty much anything. So that that was just kind of the. The, the main reasoning behind that um and yeah you know it's just uh that's just kind of how it started and then I, I i have a note here about the irishman you were in the irishman yeah yeah so for a brief Fantastic, second man. for a brief a great second movie. somewhere in the scene with pesci and de niro uh at the restaurant in well i don't know if it takes place in new york city but the that's where we filmed back Okay, and it was you know the funny thing with that was uh, there's a couple of funny things with that. So it took forever for the movie to come out because I remember being on set yeah. for it and everybody was waiting around for like a year and a half, two years for it to finish. Uh, the other funny thing is Joe Pesci really is five two. If anybody has any doubt on that, because he walked right by me, I was like, man, he's really like five two, five three. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. But his paycheck for movies is like eight three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then some. And then that some. was that was an amazing movie. It was really, I mean, yeah. just you know, pr- pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I I I picked it up a couple months ago, and I watched it twice because, you know, it's long and it's got all the people, you know, from all the great great you know gangster films. They're all in right. there. You know, the whole gang is in right. there. You know, for sure. So. That's awesome. So is how do you fit this in? Like, are you currently looking for roles um, to act? Because you've got so many things going. And I, I, I know what this problem is all about, you know, um, having too many things on your, on your plate. Um, how are you managing, like, all of the entertainment products that you have going right now? Barely. That, that's, I, think, <laughs> I think that's yeah. an honest answer. It's a lot. Um, yeah. It's a lot, and it's a lot right now. We're really managing in house. Um, I've had, I've had managers in the past 
I've, I've done it independently right now. We, we've chosen to stay independent. Uh, I, I don't foresee that for being too long because it's the lot. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the short answer is just, you know, priorities and, and, and time management and putting first things first and trying to find as many win-wins as possible. You know, I, I, the balance for me as far as – I, I often don't see much of a difference between the acting world and the music world because we're all storytelling anyway. It's just which medium yeah. you're, you're choosing to do it. And I always saw that the, the greatest artists, a lot of them seem to have, or musically speaking, a lot of them seem to have some sort of dabbling in film or visual presence to them. Or they were just even in their early parts of their careers, if it was... Like the Beatles, there was no social media, but they were putting out films right and left. They were, you know, Ed Sullivan was what put them on the map. So there's this real visual um, uh, relationship with the music that I, I think you just can't get away from, especially and now with Instagram, Facebook, you know, YouTube. So there's all these different. Everyone's an actor. Uh, overlaps between the two so yeah. that's that's just my angle on it some people may see it differently i i don't see too much of a difference you know you're, you're just trying to be authentic and and be present to the moment and, and have the best performance possible yeah let's play uh old soul and then i want to circle back to this conversation because cool. it's a pretty interesting cool. uh
And uh, I got to ask you, what what bass rig are you using? Getting such a is that Mel Satcher on there? Or is that you? <laughs> such <laughs> I think a that heavy. Was, uh, head- believe it or not, I have a little Ibanez micro um, bass, and well, I've got a, I've got a, a Ernie Ball Stingray and a couple other ones. But for that one, yeah, it's a little like three hundred, but three thousand dollars sounding Ibanez bass. Love it. Um, and I think I just paralleled Sands with uh, my Ampeg half stack. We got an SVT and a little LA two LA two way hitting it, and you know whatever's going on in Pro Tools after okay. that. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what the chain is, but that's that's basically what's going on. Yeah, that LA two way is is a monster. Oh I love yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah, you can't, you yeah. can't go. Oh, Great a little Pulse tech somewhere at the end. Oh okay. <laughs> Great tone. A little Pulse tech. I want to. Um, I want to go back to uh, what we were talking about right before we we played that song and sure. you know your take on uh, actors versus musicians and I th- I think the parallels um, are true to form like you described and I and I think the musicians um, have a little bit of an advantage in that you know the acting thing is you work really hard and you get up like really early and you go and you do sets and you work a long time for three months or four months or whatever the picture is. But then that goes away and then you're out hunting again. And it's like us hunting for gigs. But the advantage I think in music is you get to, you get to do it almost every night. If you, if you set your life up in that way, you know, And, and you have to have that, that shot of I got my adrenaline out today, and you know I played in front of a crowd, and I worked the songs, and maybe I maybe I came up with an idea for a new song. So I think you're you're constantly replenishing, like in and I don't think you get to do that with acting. You have to compartmentalize things and say I got to put the whole thing away for a while mm-hmm. now. It's like mm-hmm. now what do I do? Can I am I lucky enough to step into theater for three months and you know. Some of them are able to do that, but that's tough too because yeah. there's only so many theater gigs, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. So, so I think I think being a musician allows um, more creative freedom. 
um, yes. on an ongoing basis. At 100%. Least, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah. it depends on what projects you take on because I've had some of the most rewarding material that I've been a part of was where I played or I had multiple hats that I was wearing. So certain instances, a, a lot of these indies are fun. Um, they can bleed you dry if you allow them to. That's, that's why I got to have you know, good yeah. agreements. But uh, there's, there's, a, there's a great – I recommend it for anybody in their late teens, early 20s that if they have an idea of trying to get into film work – Get involved in a couple of indies, you know, find some friends that, that are talented and good script writers or good content creators. Because um, even though I, I've been professionally in the industry since 18 months old, um, those were good experiences to work on production shops, you know, work on scoring. Not only am I yeah. perhaps, a you know, a supporting role or a lead role. You can also go in and, and, and say, hey, um, you know, let me write a couple of songs. Let me track some things or. Whatever, whoever, whatever the artists are that are coming in for the uh, the soundtrack, you know, let's you just build credits, and, and that's the thing. Like film, there's so so much room for uh, you know expanding those credits. It's not just on screen. You can do a lot of things um, auxiliary to it as well. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Whatever whatever projects you take on, your name is on yeah. that. You know, and there's yeah. a whole underground of energy happening throughout that process that hasn't come to fruition or hasn't come to light yet and so people remember you and go yeah i i liked working with this person they were talented they were creative they were professionally showed up and that gets you so far because it's always oh yeah they're in my rolodex and i'm gonna call them rather than put out a you know sos for you never know so, you just never yeah. know what something's going to lead to uh, that's why, I mean, we've just always had a, as kind of a, an all else fails litmus test is yes, show up for it. If it's not going to put you in the hole, if you're not going to lose a tremendous amount of money and you do your opportunity cost balancing and all that and your pros and cons, whatever, you know, whatever you need to do to settle within yourself if you're making the right decision. But yeah, a lot of, I've done a lot for peanuts and I, I have to say, it's it, it really does pay off in the end because it's all about it's all about just keeping keeping things moving, and you never know what something's going to lead to. Yeah, let's talk about um, just for a minute. I want to talk about like we just touched on management before, sure. and um, I'm I'm the one who was uh, flying the flag for so long about you know as a consumer. I love streaming services as an artist. I hate them, but I've changed my tune lately because, uh, you know, it finally occurred to me that, you know, streaming is, is it's not going away. And like Spotify and, and you know, Apple Podcasts, places like that, you know, the, or, or any streaming service, they are the new music business, yeah. really. Um, and you have to find a way to, to work within that framework to be successful. So having said all that and having, you know, I'm, I'm constantly asking people about, you know, their opinions on different things and what are they doing. And I think you can do so much as an indie artist, perhaps more in history than has ever happened before, and really create a great career for yourself using all the tools properly in their right order and, you know, the, the, right, the way they were designed to be used. Um, so I don't think you need 
uh, a major label anymore. <laughs> I think you can have a great career. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. They're still out there. There's there's many that are still in existence. Right. Nowhere near like they used to right. be. But um, but I think you can do so much on your own without management because um, you know they'll go out and hire virtual assistants to do the things that you could do as well. You mm-hmm. know. So yeah. Where do you come down on the whole thing, Jason? Like aspirations for you and your career. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you can manage things pretty much on your own? Are you looking to the future for you know major label? Um, what are your aspirations? That that's a great question because I I think any any time this comes up, that really should be the main question: is what what are the aspirations? What do you want? Yeah. And for years, I actually, I, maybe I knew, I just didn't know the specifics. What I've learned is, um, and, I, and I'll say this, I mean, pe- people laugh because I, 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 I've been saying this for a few years. I notice a big difference between mid-20s to early 20s. So I right. feel like I've had about 10 to 20 years of personal growth in about two to three years. Um, right. So the way I look at it back when I was in my early twenties, completely different perspective to now and where that came from was how there were a lot of experiences accrued over time where I realized, Oh, this is what I don't want. And for some people, I, I think I fall into that category just based on my own life experiences that works well for me, knowing what I don't want to do. And that's either from yeah. watching other people make mistakes or, you know, y- you learn from your own. So where to tie that into your question, um, I know what I don't want is to uh, be struggling. That's one thing yeah. that, you know, that, that I think that's a limiting belief. The more that I've done inner work, the more that I've done meditation, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of artists that, throw that on themselves and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cling to the music before anything else. And I am for sure. But at the same time, I did do my due diligence and finish my business degree online. I, I'm seeking perhaps a master's program or a PhD later on down the road. I don't know. But at this point, uh, you know, major labels. Yeah. would love to, if it's a great deal, because there's so many deals where folks can get shelved or, you know, there, there's a, there's not a meeting of the minds between the artist and the label. Um, I think yeah. the answer is really in the team and building, building the network. And if you have a great team uh, and then a label wants to get involved with that team that you've built, that kind of internal locus of control, I, you know, I don't know how anybody could not have, their hands in their business, especially in this day and age. There's just so much that has to be done, even just on a social media standpoint. You know, I I just don't know how anybody can get anything done if they don't know what's going on and they're not spearheading it. This is um, a very, very interesting process. And it's it's really um, what you just said is awesome because, you know, it's a process of elimination. You know, just write down all the things you don't want and you're left with, okay, well, the obvious is now true it's right here you know hey let's play rock and roll here we go man
in a summer's breeze Yeah I don't need your political agenda Being shoved down my throat on the 24-7 I don't need this new sensation Twerking all over God's creation Yeah Gave Led Zeppelin a run for their money. Didn't <laughs> I don't know about that, but they, great uh, song. 
you know, it, it's funny you brought up Zeppelin one earlier, and I've I've been going back to that record over the last couple of weeks. What a it's incredible! Record. It's just oh, incredible. So it, good. It's just like, and you know, this this was done on vintage. 60s equipment and uh the you know jimmy page being the engineer mm -hmm. you know engineered the first i think three records actually scary the engineering scary and, yeah he was like it was like they had a sound like like nothing else oh. was really and you put it on the vinyl even today and listen to it if you can get a hold of good vinyl i mean right. i still have all my copies and it's like wow this thing just sounds just as good as you know the, the day i brought it home you yeah know, it's really really yeah. amazing maybe a few scratches here and there of course but <laughs> but um historically to have um i like being in the time period that we are living in now because there's like you know six decades of or maybe more of just incredible great music to to source from you know and the cream always rises to the top the good ones just they don't go away you know there's there's people out there on radio stations that play these things every day relentlessly around the clock you know mm -hmm. 365 and um and it's just it's good to have that wealth of talent you know to dip into and and learn from you know for sure tell me about um Tell me about your gigging, uh, Jason. Uh, and are you playing right now? I know it's still a wacky time because people are, so many artists who I've had on the show have been so disappointed, losing like 50 gigs just like that. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. drop of a hat, you know. Yeah. Um, do you see any places where you're able to get out um, or are you pretty much still kind of tied up for the time being? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we've done some house concerts. Um, I've, I've really, I've been kind of just focusing on this new uh, record and all the, all the stuff we're gonna roll out in 2021. So I've just been really doing, you know, doing this studio thing uh, for the the last six to eight months and have loved it. But uh, yeah, at, you know, really more more production work, just producing a couple other artists. Uh, on the side, some great people that I've been working with, and then, you know, some remote acting work as well. It's just, I mean, it's just clobbered everybody. It, it's really, yeah. it's sad. It's sad. So, you know, luckily because of my skill set, I've been able to, and, and my passions, I've been able to work in other sectors of the business and mix a couple of records for other artists. And because I've got the studio here, it's all, it's all, remotely based and it I'm, I'm here so i can work with pretty much anybody yeah. around the world with the files uh right. as far as gigs i mean now because it's just you know weighing weighing the cost between um and now especially with the the cooler weather coming in it, it makes things more challenging uh and there's more restrictions that are happening on our end you know with the next month yeah or so, the spike with, is you know uh uh curfew so it's there, there's just a lot of lot of different parameters that are really out of our control and we're just gonna have to see how it plays out i i i, yeah. I don't know i don't know yeah yeah happier days are are hopefully coming. i feel bad I mean, for the we're, we're in, i feel really really yeah the venues. northeast northeast is really in bad shape yeah. new york city is just like pretty much still done right now yeah there's nothing happening there some of the some of the people out west have been able to scrape together some things my son is a singer songwriter in austin and he's been able to you know get back out and be doing some gigs or a little bit you know more um 
liberal as far as allowing mm-hmm. this to go on. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's just we just have to ride it out. So fortunately, we can still continue to create. And yeah, that's it's the a best great part time. Of, uh, it's a great time to create. Great time to create. So. Yeah, I mean, keep stocking up songs yeah. and keep writing, and and all these things will come to fruition as soon as this thing lifts. Um, anything you want to, as we're starting to wrap up here, anything you would like to uh, uh, convey to uh, the audience that listens to this show as far as any best wishes, and also if you could give us the best place. Um, I have all your links that will go in the show notes, sure. but the very best place for people to connect with you, support you, purchase your music, where can we go to find out everything Jason D'Amico? Absolutely, yeah. Again, thanks so much for having me. Uh, really, really great space here to talk. Really appreciate it. Um, sure. Love the vibes. You know, as as far thanks, as man. like a message to convey, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I've, I've been asked that since the last interview, which has been a while because of this pandemic. But, uh, you know, I would say just stay true to yourself and to, i would say really take take the time to meditate really take the time to meditate spend time in prayer whatever that means for you and and really settle settle down within yourself and and just just be okay with the silence uh this year a lot of and i i feel uncomfortable saying it but i'll just say it this year has been one of the greatest years of my life um and it's hard for me to say that because there's so many people that are that are suffering right now. Um, I say that because it, as an artist, it was it, it's just been this extremely. Um, it's just a, it's been a beautiful time for me to to be able to sit down and really find more of myself, um, and I'm just grateful for that. And you know. I, as far as what we've got coming up, I'll say it kind of here first publicly. We're, we've been keeping it hush-hush, but we've got some really cool things coming out with um, Eric Gales and PJ Farley and Kenny Arnoff, um, as well as Gary Howie. So these are some of the, some of the players who are, who are really heavy hitters. And it's like for me to say it, it still feels very surreal to say that. Um, but we've got them on a, on a couple of tracks coming out in 2021 and it's, it's just, I've, I've died and gone to heaven, you know, it's pretty cool. So, awesome. uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll be able to give more information on that, but as far as staying tuned to what's coming up next, the best thing would be to just stick to the links, uh, provided, which I'm sure Jason and Jay D'Amico official on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, but the website has all those links and then subscribe to the YouTube channel. Cause there's a lot of content there as well with the, uh, the podcast, Jason and Miko show where we've also, we'll have to have you on as a guest at some point. Awesome. That'll be fun. Love to do it. Love to do yeah. it. Um, Jason, this was a pleasure. Really so happy that Gene Foley introduced us yes. and connected us and I, I've become a fan of your music for sure, man. And, uh, I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your music and your family Thank you. Thank you. And you too. And and again, thanks for having me. It's been great. Fascinating interview with Jason. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was really killer. 
That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but let's not forget to all remain connected. I was connected. Everybody knew my name.